You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 40. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and in the house we have Dr. Taylor Brzezicki. Hey. <laughs> Should I call you Dr. Uh, Taylor Brzezicki? Uh, I guess. I was okay. trying to decide whether I was supposed to say that. Or... <laughs> P. So uh, I don't actually call him Dr. Brzezicki. Uh, <laughs> Most of the time. I call him Honey, <laughs> or TJ is what he usually goes by, unless you know him at work, and then he goes by Taylor. <laughs> That's right. All of his work people call him Taylor. Yeah. But anybody who knows him in his personal life calls him TJ. True. Yeah. So my husband is here to do another Ask Anything, Ask Me Anything episode. Hi, honey. Hi. <laughs> but instead of an Ask Amber Anything, it's going to be an Ask Us Anything. Cool. Love it. Let's do it. Which should be really fun. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't listened to um, TJ's other episode, it's episode number 37, where we talk about the awkward truth about your pelvic floor, definitely go back and listen to that episode. That's a good one. That's a good one. And then um, we're going to we're gonna dive into some more fun stuff today, maybe a little bit more fun than the pelvic floor. <laughs> Sound good? <laughs> Love it. Okay. All right. So I asked on Instagram for questions and I got questions. So we're just going to kind of go through these and answer them both together. So the first question is from Christy. And she asked, what do you do if your husband has no desire to exercise and eat, eat healthy? He will eat healthy meals when I make them, but not when he makes them on his own, but not when he makes his own. I would love for him to be on my health journey with me, but he has no desire. So I just don't say anything about it anymore. So I'm curious to say, hear what you have to say about this. Well, that was totally me, right? Right. That, that's what, exactly yeah. why. So Amber's always been pretty fit, like into, you know, different exercises and things like that. She told a story about growing up and going to the Y with her mom and she was like 14, 14 months old or something. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, I, I didn't do any sports in high school. I didn't do sports in college. I mean, I would play like pickup basketball and stuff like that, but like, you know, I was never any good at it. Like my like last like team I was ever on was like little league baseball when I was like, 10. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, sports was just really not ever a big thing for me and athletics and working out and all that and being healthy. Um, you know, and my life was super busy with work and then with, you know, school and training and every, or, uh, medical training um, and everything else. So it was a long time before I had any particular interest. So I don't know. What did we do? You were mostly just patient with me. Yeah. So I think that was really, that's really the key is that like it, it was something that was really important to me. And so it was always a priority in my life. And when I remember when we went to medical school, like the very first thing I did was like find the gym and like get a pass to the gym and start going to the, you know, the gym on campus. Um, but it wasn't anything that he ever really did a lot. And I guess, I mean, that was okay. Like I didn't, it wasn't like I nagged him. It wasn't like I told him he needed to go to the gym. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that I will say for people listening, like, 
I think that can be harder to do when you're concerned about someone's health. Right. Um, it wasn't like he was, you know, morbidly obese or anything, right. um, or suffering from diabetes or like having any health concerns. So I think it is easier for me just to like be patient with him. I can see that being a lot harder if, you know, you were 50 pounds overweight right. of having that concern. Sure. Um, but you know, I, it, I always made it a priority for me. And when he did come around to having more time, when we got to fellowship and he just wasn't working 80 hours a week anymore, yeah. um, he decided to make it a priority, but that was that, I mean, that wasn't me. That was him deciding that it was going to be a priority. Yeah. And exercise is like all those other things that are really important to you in your life or that you gain personal value from, right? Like after you find it for yourself, you want to share it with those other people and you want to share that most with the people that you care the most about. But just like, you know, in our church, like when we think about sharing the gospel with people, like for us, it's great for us, which is why we want to share it for other people. But if somebody else isn't interested or it's not the right time, we have to be respectful of that person's opinion and position and just be there if they ever change their mind or have interest. Yeah, totally agree. And, and, and then when he did have interest, he, you know, he reached and he, where to go. <laughs> well, you didn't go <laughs> to me. That's true. That's right. Went to he went friend. to a friend <laughs> at our church, uh, and asked him to like, take him around the, the weight room, which was fine. I was happy that he was just doing it. Yeah. And then we started lifting together and then we started to have animosity about like what the right way to lift was. Yeah. And then we hired a coach and it saved our marriage. Yes. Thank <laughs> Thanks, you. Nixie. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, like us doing form checks on each other was not, a happy thing for our marriage. <laughs> yeah. But that's all I'm going to say. But about Nikki that. came in and she saved the day because then she was doing our form checks. <laughs> she was telling us what we were doing wrong instead of us telling each other what we were doing wrong. So, um, I, so I think the biggest thing is that you can't force anybody into anything. Yeah. And, you and honestly, if, if you, if we're talking about my husband and I, Honestly, if he's left to his own devices, he's not going to cook super healthy either. Mm-mm. Like I do most of the cooking around the house and that's why we eat mostly healthy food is because I do the cooking. Um, um, when I go on a conference trip or when I'm at a girl's night out, like they go out <laughs> to eat or they eat. We went to Carl's Jr. last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they eat macaroni. I mean, so I cook and so we eat healthy, but. It's not I like, like he, to think that if, you know, some terrible thing happened or something and I had I think to do you'd get the it cooking, together. I think I would get it together. You would get it together. But it's like, there's like, I think sometimes if you, uh, this is my, like, okay, so here we go with like the husband, like version of the situation. Um, you know, like for me, like I don't do the shopping for the food. I don't do the meal preparation for the food. I don't know what's in the fridge. I mean, I can look and see, but like I, I joke with Amber that she like, I go and stare at the fridge for like 10 minutes. I'm like, there's nothing to eat in here. <laughs> And then she comes over and wiggles her little bewitched nose. And all of a sudden, some miraculously delicious food comes out of it that's nutritious and high, like, in protein. And <laughs> it's all your macros and da-da-da-da-da. Um, you know, I mean, and to some extent, that's Amber's, you know, skill and, and expertise and, you know, years and years of, of doing this and developed that's, you know, that, that's, that's brought that skill to that level. But at the same time, too, in my defense, like, if, you know, if the person that's not uh, if you're not doing the shopping and you don't know what's in the fridge, then you haven't sat around and made plans. I mean, that's a big thing. Totally. You know? So like maybe engaging the person and the food prep and the, you know, meal selection choices and stuff, um, you know, would 
a nice way to share that responsibility. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Okay, and on that same vein, Melissa asked, what did he think when you first started macro counting? Was he in? Supportive? Skeptical? Tempted to try it for himself after seeing your results? So I'm curious to hear what your perspective is. Well, in the beginning, it was uh, just kind of weird. Like, I thought it was funny that you weren't eating what we were eating. Like, you know, you... um, I think kind of started into it before I really understood what you were doing. I didn't really even tell him I was doing yeah, it. Yeah, all of a sudden there was a scale on the counter, and I was like, <laughs> what, what is that? Yeah. I thought maybe she had gone a little OCD or something. Like, both of us are a little on that spectrum, right? We're, we're like a little obsessive about things sometimes. And I thought, I didn't know what it was, but I thought maybe we were just like inching a little closer on that spectrum. <laughs> Sorry, honey, full disclosure. (laughs) Um, And so I didn't really know what was going on at first. Um, And then after you explained it to me, um, honestly, I don't really remember. I don't really think that you were, it was just kind of like whatever. Yeah, I was like, okay, have fun. Yeah, it was like Um, whatever. I was doing my own thing. Again, I prepare all the food anyway, so it wasn't that big of a shift. And. And I did. I ate what the family was eating. Yeah, ninety five percent of the yeah. time, you you ate what we were eating anyway. Yeah. Um, it so was, it was just kind of like a oh okay, she's doing this weird thing, yeah. um, whatever. He did like I got kind of skinny, and he was not super she happy. Really skinny. He was not very happy. And was, was like, like quest for abs that she talks about <laughs> in her podcast and stuff. Like she went. I mean, she had abs, but then we kept going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe, but he was not super happy with that. So he did encourage me to like add some fat back on, but, um, you know, but, but it worked right. And like, he did see that it worked. Um, and so did he start tracking macros at that point? No, like that no, wasn't something that he I was didn't interested start really in tracking until I started training. Yes. And so yeah. once he started the training and then he started like having a desire to, to gain muscle, that was when he was like, Oh, I guess this like nutrition piece is really important. If I'm wanting to like maximize the amount of muscle I'm able to put on my body, he recognized the value of understanding what you're putting into your into your body is in terms of food. Food for me has, I mean, this is just me, but food for me has just never really been, more than much more than fuel you know like yeah. i need food every day it's just one of these things i have to do it's kind of annoying it, it's kind of it is it takes time <laughs> thank goodness amber cooks all the food so that i don't have to spend as much time thanks honey um but uh you know i, I know a lot of people really enjoy eating and that's just not ever really been me um and so when i got around to actually having like physique goals and like fitness goals like Changing my diet just seemed like the best way to you know to start going about that because I knew that that was going to give me the fuel that I needed to make this um, transformation effective. Yeah, and so he did. So he started um, counting, but like his first thing was a bulk. <laughs> you yeah. know, like he most yeah, people go I in and like lean. their first thing is a cut. Yeah. His first thing was a bulk. Like he started bulking right off the bat. And was yeah. able to put on muscle yeah. pretty quickly. Well, I guess yeah. For okay. your age. I, yeah, I have two things to say about that. One, I guess we'll finish telling a brief bit of my story for wh- whoever cares, and then um, I'll share some thoughts about you know women that I see and talk to about this. You know, I mean, so yeah, I was I don't know one sixty five when I started doing this mm-hmm. one hundred pounds, one hundred sixty five pounds. Yeah, and I'm like two oh four right now, um, and at most I was um, I think two oh nine. Two oh nine. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I put on that thirty five or forty pounds within. Like a year, a year, yeah, something like that. A year, maybe a year and a half. So it was a big change yes. in a short period of time. We had like, <laughs> we bought a lot of new clothes. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. Back when we were still really poor. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. He's like, I need all new dress shirts, all new dress shirts. And then he's like, Oh, and I need all new pants. Oh, and my belts don't fit. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> I, never I don't minded. want you to have pecs. I, knew, <laughs> I never <laughs> minded buying it. new shirts, but the pants, oh, that, that just sucked. But, um, you know, I mean, anyway, so it was, it was a big shift. Um, but um, on that same token, I think a lot of people are really afraid to gain weight, yeah. um, and women in particular. You know, I talked to some of my coworkers and different people that I, you know, get the chance to, I mean... I'm probably, a, I'm a bit of an evangel, evangelist with these kind of things. Like I like to tell people how important it is to get strong just because I really believe in it. Um, and I universally get this like overwhelming fear. I don't want to get big. I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to weigh more, you know. And um, I think that fear really keeps people from from achieving something that will end up making a huge difference for them in the long run, which is getting just a little stronger um, in these years, particularly in these younger years in life when you still have, well, it's not too hard to do that yet. Wisdom. Yeah. Did you have something else that you were no, to share? No, that was it. Okay. Um, oh, so he went to a bulk. Like, so he initially went right into a bulk. He bulked for like a year, mm-hmm. <laughs> a year or a year and a half, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what he's talking about when he like put on all 40 pounds. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that was muscle. Some of it was fat. Yeah. Um, but he was able to gain a lot of muscle. And that's what happens when you first start out. Like if you have no muscle on your body, you start eating right and working out in the gym, like you're going to see fast results up, up front. And then the results slow down and, and you know, everything kind of slows down. Um, but that's what he did. So he, he bulked initially. And then we did, we went, it was, pants were getting a little tight. I was like, okay, it's time to, it's time to cut. <laughs> so he did a cut. Um, I don't remember. Five pounds, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then went back into a bulk. Cause I think that was when the competition started or something. Yeah. He, we, we did our first powerlifting competition together and back into a bulk. And then this actually leads into this next question that I'm going to ask you. Um, this was somebody asked, how do you handle the subject with your spouse when they're starting to get a belly (laughs) and you're very fitness macro conscious and it really bugs you. I don't want to make them feel bad. And I know it has to do with late night eating and food choices. So So why are you laughing? Because I think this is the same question asked in reverse about Amber's abs that we were talking about a few minutes ago. (laughs) Cause when Amber was losing all this weight, she got really excited about it. Like she got really lean. She really liked the lean cut defined look, you know, she would, um, and she was obviously very proud of her accomplishment and in my opinion, you know, just kept going a little bit and I was like, honey, you know, maybe you should put on a little weight. You're looking kind of emaciated, <laughs> um, you know, and she was, I mean, from my perspective, like didn't care, you know, like she, that wasn't where she wanted to be at and she, you know, kept cutting some pounds. Um, and I mean, I don't, I don't remember when exactly you turned around and I, I certainly, <laughs> despite my little comments that I'm sure I made along the way, it wasn't like one day you were like, Oh, okay, honey, I guess now I'll stop doing this. Like for whatever reason you decided on your own. I don't even think I heard you saying any of those things because really? it, no, oh. like I don't remember any of that. Wow. Um, but it was, it was like, I just decided, okay, like I'm ready to like do something different. Like I've yeah. maintained this now and I want to do something different. And so that's when I, I went to my first bulk. Yeah. Which was about six to eight months after I did my cut. Yeah. Um, you were so lean. So. You were like. But I was ready to add some muscle. Yeah. And I did. Yeah. And then your boobs got bigger and life was good again. <laughs> and now I look a whole lot better. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you were always beautiful, but um, now you're amazing. Well, thanks. Um, uh, but then yeah. this happened in the reverse. I was laughing oh, right. because I was thinking about you. <laughs> so yeah. just about, what was it, like two months ago? Yeah. Two months ago, 
he was getting a little a little chubber chubber. A little love, love handles. <laughs> a little, little big. And he gets a little it fluffy. A little fluffy. He gets it in his face yeah. and in his belly. Yep. And that's where I was. I was like, okay, just like you didn't like it when I was too lean. Like it's time to cut, but I, but I struggled saying it to you. Yeah, you did. It took you like eight and a half minutes to actually like I get was those like, words out. It was really hard for me because I I I didn't I don't know I didn't want to like be that person, <laughs> <laughs> whoever that person is. Um, but I was like, so I just try to like couch it like uh, I just it's time to cut. <laughs> it's yeah. time to go to the cut. And yeah. he was really receptive. He was like, okay. They didn't really want to. Yeah. He wanted to keep building, but. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, from my perspective, it's like, it's it's like everything. It's an alignment of goals, right? It's like, what are your goals? You know? And if your goal is to get bigger and stronger, it's really hard to do that while you're, you know, cutting and losing weight. Um, And I still want to get bigger and stronger. Like I would like to be like a lean 225 someday. And, you know, that's 20 pounds heavier than I am now with probably 5 to 10% less body fat than I have. Uh, maybe 5. I don't know. Anyway, I'm probably... Anyway, um, I still want to get bigger and stronger. And it's harder to, to, to do... It's hard to do that when you're cutting. And it's less fun to cut, right? Like, this is probably something that everybody that's listening can sympathize <laughs> can relate with, to, yeah. right? Like, you know, when you're putting on weight, like, you get to eat more. Like, sometimes you're just like, gosh, I can't believe I have to eat more. And you're like, just add the Oreos and, like, you know, do that stuff. And, you know, I just... Um, you know, cut my, my, my calories by another hundred calories today because I'm kind of plateauing and, you know, I'm trying to like figure out how I'm going to take a hundred calories out of my day and not be hungry all day long. So yeah, that part sucks, so, but you got to do what you got to do. Right. And, and again, it comes back to goals and where you want to be. And I think it's important to remember sometimes what the long-term goals are too, not just the short term of like, what do I want to be tomorrow or next week or next month? But where do I want to be five years from now, 10 years from now? You know, I think that that long-term perspective um, makes all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. That's good response. Okay. Kate asks, how to survive residency as a wife when it requires everything from your spouse? I think this one's for you. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who don't know, residency is intense. And it depends on the specialty, um, for sure. But in general, residency is just, it's, it's a time period when a lot is required of, of the person going through residency. It's just such an incredible amount to learn. And, and a very short nev- period of time. Never enough time. Um, and so my husband did OBGYN as um, a residency, and that is known as one of the more time-intensive um, and more just... Darn babies just want to get born at 2 yeah. o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Why did babies get born in the middle of the night? Um, so, you know, when we went into understanding that and knowing that, for me, knowing that it was a defined period of time, um, that it was four years, was very valuable because it was like I had a light there, you know, it was very far away at the beginning, but it, there was a light out there and I knew that it was going to be over at some point. Um, and then the next thing that I think was really important for me, and I've continued this through in other areas of my life, and even I teach my clients this, it is expectations. Um, I just expected him never to be home. And so if I went into my day or my weekend or my Sunday with that expectation that he wasn't going to be home, then if he was, then I was excited and I was happy and I was, and I was 
Like it was like a surprise to me. Um, if I went in expecting him to be home at a certain time or expecting him to be home on the weekend and then he wasn't, then that was disappointing. So if I just went in with the expectation that he would never be around, then whenever he was around, it was exciting and joyous for me. And that makes him feel kind of sad that I just like never expected him to be around. But that honestly was how I got through it was I just expected I was basically a single mom and I would just go through my day and, Oh, you got home. That's amazing. Like, I'm so glad you're home here at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> Let's snuggle <laughs> for three minutes before we go to bed. So I can wake up at four o'clock and go back to work. Right. Um, and so for me, that was, that was one of the biggest well, things. And I think the other thing too, that um, you could probably talk more about would be your like support network, um, you know, both with yes. uh, local friends yes. and with um, people from church. Absolutely. You know, I think um, having other people with you and knowing what they're doing, that and then understanding what you're going through probably helped a whole heck of a lot. Yeah, and I felt like especially when we were in medical school, um, we for sure had that little like group of medical school. Like we were all medical school wives, and every we all understood what like our husbands were going through, and so we could kind of support each other and um, do dinners together and things like that. And then yeah, when you went to residency, it was more like our church family that kind of stepped in and played that role of like eating dinner or like doing Easter together um, because it, you know, he wasn't always necessarily around, but having that support network was absolutely crucial. Um, And we didn't really have a fan, like a a direct family support network, right? Like, you know, I mean, our families love and care and have always, you know, been there for us as much as they can, but we've never lived next to them, Mm -mm. you know? So grandma coming over to babysit for the weekend, like was never a thing for us. Yeah. Um, You know, so building that, looking for and actively building that support network in other places, I think was probably really helpful too. I think, yeah, absolutely. I think that's, um, all of those were really important things for us through residency. And then again, it just, I knew it ended and I knew that there was a light and it did. Yeah. Some days it felt like it was never going to end, but (laughs) it did. And we are like, are finally here on the other side of it. Yeah. It does get better. And it does get better. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, next question from Remington. How do you find the time to work out with a busy schedule? You know, I mean, I think it just comes back to priorities like we were talking about earlier. You know, um, Amber and I were actually, or maybe I was just lamenting to Amber. It's like, why can't people find time to work out in their busy schedule all the time? And then Amber's like, did you work out when you were in residency? And I was like, oh, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I mean, maybe I don't have the most balanced opinion on this, but like. But I think, but here's, here's the point that I think is important is that you it wasn't a priority. Right. Right? Like your priority was making it through your day and like and having some time with you. And have some time with me. Like right. could you have gone from the the hospital yeah, and worked people, out for an hour before you came home? Yeah. He could have. Yeah. But that wasn't his priority and that and that was a choice. Like he made that choice very consciously that his priority was doing his work and then coming home and spending as much as time as possible with me and the kids. Right. Which is why we always picked some place to live that was as close to the hospital as we could. So that he wasn't so spending wasn't time in a commute. commute. If we could avoid that. Yeah. So, yeah. so again, I think it still does come down to priorities, but it's okay. And I tell my clients, it's like, it's okay if it's not your priority right now, but don't like make it as an excuse, make it as like, a, I'm choosing something different. Right. So today, I mean, my lifestyle is a lot easier to work with than it was when I was in training. But, um, you know, I mean, today I, I think 
my, my schedule is a little more dependable. Like it's kind of the same every week. Um, and so I just look for places to build it in. And for me, the most effective way to get that done without impacting the family time as much is to do it in the morning before I go to work. So I get up and you get know, up together at five forty in the and I go to CrossFit and I go to the and shed. He goes up to the shed and lifts. <laughs> and I lift, and then I go to work. And you know, on days that I go to work at eight, that's what I do. And then on days that I go to work at seven, um, I don't usually lift that morning. Um, and so I'll, you know, it's like Monday and Fridays are my seven a.m. days, so I don't lift those days. But I'll lift Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday um, because I don't have to be anywhere before eight on those days. Yeah. Yeah. And having, um, but there's also days where I add it in, like, you know, for traveling or like, you know, uh, if there's a conference I'm at or there's some reason that I can't go work out or maybe I have to add on a surgery or something and I can't lift on a normal day or we have a meeting or something like I just make the, I've just decide I'm not skipping training days. He just decided that he's lifting four days a week. Yeah. So sometimes that means it gets shifted, but like it's always four days a week and I can count like on two fingers, I think like in the last two years, in the last two years that he hasn't, yeah, maybe it's been, I guess I had to start ramping that number up. It's been three or four years now, hasn't it? Because I, yeah. we've been in California it's now for almost least, two yeah. years and we started a year or something before that. It's been almost anyway, four three years. and a half years. Yeah. I don't know. Something like that. But like he, literally like two, two times I can think that he's missed. Yeah. And I mean, that's just a choice that I make and maybe it's a little, stricter than it needs to be like when we go on our family vacations we could probably take some more time off but it's just what I like to do and um I just have a long-term goal in mind and we just do whatever it takes to achieve that goal when see, I do my see residency what he talks about with goals yeah I, like makes me love him even more <laughs> <laughs> I just did our our fellowship interviews uh, we're in the middle of our interviewing for our new fellows so that we can figure out who's going to be at UCI next year and one of the questions um, that I like to ask people is, like, tell me about something you're committed to. Mm. Because when you're committed to something, you find a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what else is going on. You have made this choice and said, I'm going to love my wife. I'm going mm-hmm. to provide for my family. I'm going to whatever, work out four times a week. And you just find out a way to make it work. Yeah, absolutely. All right. This is from Megan. She says, being a doctor and fitness couple... What do you think is the biggest thing we should focus on as a, to be a health-filled family? So, like, advice for a new family, like, if it's clean eating, exercise, family time, no food dies, what do you think is the best to start with? Um, you know, I mean, on the heels of talking about how I never Strict take training? a day off, <laughs> um, I do want to back up a step and answer this question by saying that I think moderation is probably the most important place to start. So some element of strength training is significantly important. Some element of healthy diet eating and and dieting is important. But if I was looking for somebody that was just trying to get things started or just looking for some kind of healthy balance, I I would tell them, you know, get get started, get involved, get engaged, educate yourself, and just kind of go with it, you know? Um... It was the question more specific than that? Well, it was just like if you're if someone's starting out, they're like feeling like they want to get a healthier family. Where should they start? Well, from an exercise perspective, I would say that strength training is going to give you your biggest bang for your buck. Right, you're going to add more muscle onto your body, which is going to make every part of your physical existence easier. Right, you're going to be able to hold yourself longer, carry your kids further, go up the stairs, carry in more groceries, do all these things without hurting your back. You know, a, a modicum of strength makes an incredible difference in your abilities as a human being walking upright on the earth. Um, and then um, 
of course, that it might not be your long-term goal, which doesn't mean you have to stick with it forever. And you can pick other things that are fun and exciting for you. Um, but starting with some strength training would probably be where I'd put you to go in the gym. Um, and then, and particularly for women who have been told, you know, by society for generations that they just need to be smaller, mm-hmm. lose more weight, be thinner, take up less space. Um, it's so counterproductive. You know, I spend a lot of my days seeing um, women in their 70s, 80s, 90s, actually a 96-year-old come to the office today. And um, when you spend your 30s and 40s and 50s, maybe even your 20s, depending on, you know, whatever your exposure is, whatever, when you spend your younger years trying to be small, by the time you get to your old age and you lose muscle mass, because that's just an inevitable part of life after we go past whatever age, 50, uh, we will just continuously lose muscle mass. It's, it's a very realistic physiological fun- function. When you're a baby, you grow and you get bigger. When you're an older person, you get leaner and smaller and lose muscle mass and shrink, and that's just how it goes. So if you start small, you're going to end up at a point where you have very little strength. And that's where I think a lot of people end up you know, falling and they can't get up, that story. Or they say, um, oh, I just have bad balance. It's because they don't have enough strength to keep themselves upright while they're turning. Um, more often than not, I think that's a grossly underrecognized thing. I think I totally just got lost on a tangent. He's diving into his love of strength training. Yeah. <laughs> so get, get strong, at least moderately so. Um, with, and it's just, it just doesn't take that much time, um, and it doesn't really put you at any significant amount of risk. Now, if you want to go crazy and go powerlift, that's a whole other story. Um, you want to win competitions and do things like that, that's a different story. I'm just talking about getting generally strong. Um, definitely the first place to start. And, of course, healthy eating is going to make it that much more likely to happen. Awesome. All right. Jessica asked, how have you supported each other in your professional and personal goals and pursuits while balancing the responsibilities of raising a family? I think that's your turn. Well, so, I mean, I think this has just changed throughout the years because um, those first few years, first few, what, 12? (laughs) 12, 15. (laughs) Years of marriage. Yeah, anyway. It was... It really was a lot about him and his professional goals. Um, And I don't know that I've talked about this a ton on on the podcast, but when I went to school, I was in school to be a doctor. And we actually met in a preview into medicine class. We were both wanting to go into medical school. And so we met in that class. And um, as we got to know each other and as we started dating and as it started getting serious and I um, knew that we were going to get married, I decided that I didn't want both of us going to medical school. And so I ended up changing my major into nursing and getting my nursing degree because I knew that that would be something that I could do as a mom and that it would be something that would fit our lifestyle a little bit better. And I've never regretted that. And I'm, you know, was very happy that I was able to like support us throughout medical school, um, working as a nurse. Um, but that, you know, that was where I was going was, was going to medical school. And I, and I changed courses because I wanted him to be able to go to medical school and I wanted to be able to stay home with our kids. Um, and so for the first many years of our marriage, that was the goal that, and that was the goal as a couple. And I, and I really want to make that a point that that wasn't his goal. That was our goal. And so when I say that we went to medical school and we went to residency and we went to fellowship, it's because it was our goal. And we, we decided that together, that that's what we wanted to do as a couple. But that meant for him, a lot of studying and a lot of, you know, work and a lot of like long hours and, 
uh, that looked like on my part, a lot of support, a lot of making dinners, a lot of taking care of the kids, a lot of taking vacation sometimes on my own because he couldn't come. Yeah. Um, and, but that was our, was our focus. And then things shifted a little bit. And as he was started winding down was when I started building my business. Um, as my, more of my kids went to school and I had a little bit more time at home, um, that was when biceps after babies came into existence and, you know, do you want to kind of talk about what that was like as, as that came into pass? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely a shift and a transition, you know, I mean, and it's, it took some realignment and readjusting on my part, right? Like a number of the things that Amber had just always done, I just kind of had taken for granted. And then I had to realize that I needed to help out and do different things that I had not done before. You know, I'm not saying I do all the housework now, but I certainly do more now than I used to in the past. Um, I don't, still don't do all the childcare, you know, type of related issues, but I definitely do more than I did before. And that's required me to adjust my work schedule and take days where I go into work late and let people know I'm not going to be there as early as I would otherwise. And, you know, there's definitely times when I have things to do at work, but I decide that, you know, I tell people like, I'm just, I can't be here today. I got to go do this thing where when I was in training, I would have not have done that, you know? So that definitely took some readjustment and realignment. Um, and uh, to be honest, too, and, and, and vulnerable, like there's a little bit of, you know, it feels a little threatening sometimes, like because I've been like this whole almost 15 years that we've been married has been like entirely directed to making, you know, my career successful as we raise these children and raise these families and grow together. And now like my career is actually might not be as important as I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> so this, um, of course, is a wonderful thing, which I support entirely. But like, there's definitely like a mental shift that goes that comes with recognizing that, like, you know, um, <laughs> newsflash, I'm not the most important person in the world. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, weird. You know? Yeah, strange how those <laughs> things work. But, you know, it starts one way and, and then shifts another. And I think that that's always, um, I guess, just part of writing the tides of life. Right. Yeah. And, and I think, um, I remember a conversation that we had very early on and I've, and I've written an Instagram post about this, uh, but it was a very poignant experience early on into when I had started my business and things were still ramping up and we were at Lake Almanor with my family. And it was, it was like, after we woke up in the morning, he turned to me and he said, where is this going? Like, what, like, what vision do you have? For this business. What's your goal? What's your goal? What's we're like, where are you gonna be in five years? And I freaking like broke down in tears. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I want. Like I I don't know what's gonna happen next week, much less five years from now. I have no idea where this is going. And and from his perspective, he was like, Well, I just need to know, like, are you wanting to be like Jillian Michaels? Like, is that what I should be prepping myself for? Or like, I mean, what is this gonna become? Um, and and to his credit, like, he always has been very much of like let's do this together, but let's have a vision together of what it's going to look like. Right. And I haven't been super awesome about <laughs> creating that vision. I have to kind of wheel you in every now and then. He does have to kind of reconnect Amber, me. Amber's really good at like running with things. <laughs> 
<laughs> but sometimes I have to remind her that she's not running alone. Right. Well, and I think that, and that to the point of what I was saying was I very much always felt like we were going to medical school. And sometimes I feel but like I was always really clear with it was all, well, maybe just because my path was a little more laid a out, a little bit more laid but out. It was always very clear. It's like we were going to go to be a doctor, right. you know, we were going to go through residency. It was going to suck, but we knew it was going to be four years. We were going to yes. do fellowship. It was going to suck, but it was only going to be three years. Yes. And like, you know, that was always very clear. But it, I am not as defined as right. he is. And so I do feel like sometimes I can be better about making this a we thing that we do yeah. than, I, than I do with, with my business. Yeah. Um, and, and I've shared before too, that one of my goals is to be able to retire my husband in five years. Um, whether or not he will retire is not, is not like, not a, de- a definite, but like, I want to be in the place where that is an option for him. Um, and so that's something that we will continue to talk about and, and work towards. But, um, you know, for me, that's just a goal that I have is to be able to be the place where like he could retire if he desi- desired to. And I really like what I do and, and really enjoy it and find an incredible professional fulfillment in it. So I'm not planning to retire, but, but I think it's a great goal yeah, and one that, I'm happy to support. <laughs> But that, but that's that's the goal, and that's what we're working for, towards. So I think you know, I think there is some give and take, and I think there is some like back and forth and up and down, and like you know, his career was more important. Maybe my career, like we're supporting, you know, him sacrificing some stuff for me at, at right now. Um, and you know, but we, but everything that we do is as a couple, and that it it's for our family, and my business is not for me; it's for us. Yeah, which I think is. Um how we've really tried to, you know, forge and build like our whole relationship. You know, I think that's kind of what you're saying here, but like, I don't know. I think when you and I got married and, and decided that we were going to do this together, that was what that meant. What it was one of the levels that, that we meant that on, you know, that we weren't doing things individually. We were doing things as a, as a couple, um, and had shared goals and shared desires and shared long-term outlooks about what life was going to look like for us over the course of the next, you know, 75 years or whatever that we were married together. And speaking of that, I actually very clearly remember something early on in our marriage. Um, Like we didn't ever talk about divorce. It wasn't like anything we ever talked about, but I remember one time, I don't know if I was mad at you or what, but I, I didn't threaten divorce, but I like said the word divorce and I don't even remember what context it was. Yeah, I remember. But you do remember what I was saying? I don't remember what you said. I just remember remember the moment. Yeah. So I said the word divorce and I very clearly remember that TJ was incredibly serious and was like, we don't, that's not an option. Yeah. Like we're not going to do that. That's not an option. Like it's just not even, we don't even going to go there because that's not an option in our marriage. And, uh, that was such a like poignant moment for me of not that I was thinking about divorce, not that I wanted a divorce, not that I like thought we were going towards that way. But just when he like made that defining statement of like, that's not who we are. That's not where we're going. Like, that's not what this is about. It was like, you're right. Like that, that's not, you know, that's never going to be something that we're going to do. Um, and so it changed when you have that as your thought and as your define, you know, and to definition. flip it from a negative to a positive of like saying like, sure. Okay. We're going to do this together. Together. Yes. As opposed to we'll never do this apart. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it just, it, it is always there in the back. Like this right. is what we do. We do things together. Right. We support each other. We're committed. Like you talked about commitment, like we're committed to each other and that's just how we go through life. Right. 
Which works for us. Which has worked for us. And pretty darn happy here almost 15 years later. Go us. Go us. <laughs> all right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to share, words of wisdom, before we wrap this up? No, I think that's all we got today. We got, we got some good stuff. have to come and do this again. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. If you like this, uh, shoot me a DM or shoot... TJ DM. Oh, watch out. Muscle. Instagram is mu- coming. Muscle as- after muscles. Med- muscles after med school? I think so. I changed it. I thought it was muscle after med school. I can't remember. I anyway, I'm it. pretty sure you can I'm look sure it up. I'm sure it's going to be in the show notes. I'm sure it's going to be in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, I had my Instagram handle first. Thank you very much. No, it's true. I wrote a post about how you inspired me to okay, there make we go. your post. Make mine. <laughs> There we go. Uh, you can shoot him a DM too. If, it is if you single enjoy. muscle after muscle med school. after med school. That's what I thought. There you go. You're right. All right. You're right, honey. So, oh, I love hearing that. <laughs> Say it some more. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.